Reconstructionist Radio presents The War Room, where we discuss tactics for strategic Christian living. Mighty Lord, extend your kingdom, be the truth with Good afternoon. Welcome to the War Room. This is Bill Evans, your host. I've got today Kevin Swanson, Son of Generations Radio, is OP pastor in uh, Colorado. Welcome to the War Room, Kevin. Hey, Bill. It's good to be with you today. God bless you, and God bless your efforts here with the War Room. Thank you. Are you are you in the Denver Metroplex? Or are you out in east out east of there? We're we're a little southeast of there. We like to say a safe distance from the demise of Western civilization. Uh, we're roughly about forty five minutes southeast of Denver. Okay, yeah, southeast is better than northeast. You want to stay away from all those uh, satanic uh, uh, murals there they got in the airport. Yeah, uh, well, ultimately, <laughs> of course, the, the kingdom of God is is more powerful than all of the uh, the opposition that Satan can can uh, muster. So I think we can we can base ourselves anywhere and uh, engage engage the battle. So yeah, you're that. well known as a culture warrior. And through your Generation Radio broadcast and um, your participation in numerous uh, events around the la- country, um, and so we have common overlapping uh, friendships. And uh, uh, and I thought it would be a, a great idea to have someone like yourself who's sitting from your vantage point, where you're constantly bringing uh, newsworthy issues to the attention of God's people. And uh, uh, addressing them, uh, giving them your take from a biblical worldview perspective, I thought it'd be interesting if you would, if we we would just use the war room today as somewhat of an extension of Generation Radio, and uh, give you the opportunity to uh, t- tell us some of the things that you think are are noteworthy on the horizon, perhaps that are not on that are not on the radar screens of most people. Things that. Uh, because I'm sure you have good intel and friends in high places that and you, and you get these stories, um, but just a general sort of a, a state of the instead of a state of the union, sort of a state of the kingdom um, mm-hmm. episode here at the end of 2016. Well, the kingdom of God is doing great. <laughs> it's it's worldwide. It's it's expanded around. Uh, every continent uh, around this globe, and I've, I'm just finishing up a a 2,000 year book on the history of the development of the kingdom of God on Earth uh, by way of the commission that Jesus gave his disciples. And every century, of course, has marked uh, a major increase in the size and the purview of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And the strong man's house is being robbed blind. And, and and what's happened in the last hundred years, of course, has been a, uh, a, a moving of the kingdom from just a white Anglo-Saxon, Northern Europe, America uh, center to a, a worldwide outreach. I mean, literally, the entire world is being brought into the Church of Jesus Christ under the rubric of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And I just got it's gone international. I mean, you're looking at uh, some t- uh, 16 to 20 percent of uh, Christians in America now, or in the world now, being centered in America and 
and uh, and Europe, and uh, 150 years ago, that that number was more like 80 percent. So, what we're seeing is the kingdom of God is worldwide, and it's it's grown everywhere. Uh, in many places, it's a mile wide and an inch deep, which means uh, we want to bring a full orbed discipleship program to Africa, to China, uh, and around the world. Uh, but the Western world, of course, is in full-fledged apostasy right now as well. So you got these two things going on. You got the, the Renaissance Enlightenment that has pretty much dominated and captured all of our cultural systems, including the institution of marriage, as of about you know a year or two or three or four or five years ago. Uh, you know, the, the the cultural systems have gone an, toward, against Christ and have apostatized, but uh, but that doesn't mean that the the work of the Spirit of God is uh, is is has decreased or diminished in any way, shape, or form. Um, the kingdom of God continues to to move forward. Uh, we can also talk about what's going on politically and socially in this country, if you'd like. Well, I think that's that's probably where we will eventually go. We we do uh, we've got a um, we've got our uh, token missionary on our staff here. I'm facetiously, uh, Nathan Conkey is down in uh, Puebla, Mexico, and does a post mill report every Monday. And it's like, and I'm glad we have it at the beginning of the week because it's like a glass of orange juice. Uh, he's basically uh, giving us uh, the listeners insights to what's going on around the world. I, I don't, other than obviously the promises of God the Father to Christ the Son and and God's promises to his people in Scripture, I don't know how, look, just being in America cut off and unaware of what's going on around the world, it would be difficult to re- retain yeah. opt- an optimistic outlook. That's right. That's right. And I, I think the key is, that we have got to be sure we maintain a 2,000-year perspective of this and an international, worldwide view of what the Lord Jesus Christ is doing, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Um, And that's one of the reasons we're putting together a whole new uh, Christian school curriculum that involves two years of church history, kingdom history, in which our children will learn more about what happens with the kingdom of God going around the world than the, the latest empire that rises and falls and is shaking its fist in the face of Almighty God. Uh, so, you know, we, we want to be sure our children are rooted and grounded in a 2,000-year perspective of the kingdom of God, and you just don't get that with your average secular world history course. Well, you know, and the other thing is it's, it's because we live in a uh, Christian culture of, uh, of rapture maniacs. Uh, it, one, of the most, one of the most pregnant questions I ever heard asked was asked by Peter Hammond of Frontline Fellowship, and, you know, what if we're in early church history? Yeah. And uh, that puts that that puts a different uh, that bring, introduces a whole another set of considerations that uh, oh yeah oh yeah that we that it it it, it may be a, a long time before uh, God's agenda is fully realized here on this planet, and we're just we're just digging the foundation. Mm-hmm. Perhaps who knows? Yeah. But but it is an interesting consideration, and I think you know your your homeschooling. Uh, there's a, several people working on homeschooling curriculum. I know Gary North has worked on them, and there's different people working on parts, pieces, and parts of homeschooling curriculum. Uh, I guess there's number numbers of them, but it, it does seem to me, Kevin, that if there is any hope in America, based on what you can see with your eyes, uh, it is in the um, the uptick in homeschooling and the and in, in, in the increased popularity of it. And hopefully the people doing it are doing it well. 
I mean, it's yep. not just a yep. question of blessing secular mm-hmm. curriculums and teaching your children from the same books yep. at home. Yeah, it involves a whole other mindset, and uh, mm-hmm. and well, you know all about that. It's a mix. It's a pretty large standard deviation within the homeschool population. Just the fact that people homeschool doesn't mean that they're teaching the beginning of knowledge is the fear of God and that Jesus Christ is preeminent in all things and over all things. That, uh, you know, that's probably five, six, seven, ten percent of the homeschool population. Um, but, you know, I, I think what we're looking at is a pretty small majority or minority right now. But uh, it's always a principled minority that makes a difference. Yes, education is the battleground, and if we're not engaging education, if we're turning our kids over to the wrong disciplers who are giving them a distinctively naturalistic, materialistic, anti-supernaturalistic worldview for 12, 13, 14, 16 years out of their lives, and you know the majority of them are going to turn out to be pretty much what the millennials are, uh, Barna has discovered that the mosaics, that is the 18, 25-year-old crowd in America right now, uh, only half a percent of them maintain anything of a very basic Christian worldview. Uh, so, so you're looking at only a half a percent of American millennials, that is the next generation, uh, maintaining anything of a semblance of a Christian worldview, which means that 99.5% of America will be utterly paganized within the next 20 to 30 years. So it's sort of bad news, but of course it's happening. Of course it's happening. Why? Because they're being educated, they're being discipled for 30, 40 hours a week over a period of 16, 18 years in a distinctively secular humanist worldview. You put a kid in a mosque and put him under an imam for 40 hours a week for 18 years, what do you think you're going to get? You're probably going to get a Muslim, probably, right? I mean, odds are pretty high. Probably some yeah, 99.5% Muslim. So the point is that uh, we, we've got to engage the battle of the religions. Um, as, as Christians, if, if we don't go after the secular humanist temples, ergo, the, the schools, the public schools that will tell you we don't teach the beginning of knowledge is the fear of God. We teach that the beginning of knowledge is the fear of man. And, you know, if, 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 if we're going to compete with that religion, we're going to have to compete. And until churches rise up and say, we do not advise you send your kids to these other religions, to these other temples, then, of course, you're going to see 99.5% of the Mosaic generous and millennial generation take on a distinctively humanist worldview, period. We could, we could go a lot of ways. And we just lost our Skype recorders. Uh, a while back, and so don't know what you missed. Uh, that, but you know, God is sovereign, and um, there's no accidents. Uh, they're just sometimes uh, bumbling servants, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, God uses bumbling servants to accomplish His ends. Uh, what is the um, <clears throat> as you uh, we talk about? Obviously, we're post millennial. We believe that Christ uh, is victorious in history. Uh, we don't necessarily agree. I don't think that the United States, as it's presently constituted, is going to be a part of the of the of the of the future picture. Uh, we'll, something will be here, but it may not look like what it looks like today. Um, uh, y- you know, we just live our life, don't we? I mean, our 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 sixty or seventy or eighty or ninety years, we live our life. We very few of us probably live it self-consciously with a big picture mapped out multi-generational goals 
in place at the beginning of our lives. We just basically end up, God is the one who takes all these pieces of this jigsaw puzzle and puts it together and makes something out of it. I mean, my life is just a, you know, a train wreck. You know, it's just, you know, but uh, but with grace all over it. And, uh, you know, I don't know where in, the, in this puzzle I fit. Uh, but as we think, you know, it, so the, the question is, is what do we do as individuals if we don't, it's not like there's an army to join. We, there's no organization we can join and say, hey, join us. You know, you got to go through this training. But after you get in this, we're going to bring in the kingdom of God. We are going to do this and that. And it's going to we're going to work in this sphere. And we're going to in other words, really, <clears throat> as individuals, what can we do as postmillennialists who believe in gospel victory? in time and space, and we believe in progressive sanctification, we realize that we're still sinners, we still blow it, but God is God, and he's going to deal with it and make something out of this mess. Bill, I think what we do is we pursue our calling. That is, we take our gifts that God has given to us, and we engage the, the kingdom. We bring the kingdom of God and his righteousness to bear where wherever God has put us, if we have children, we raise our children in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. If uh, we have certain gifts in the area of business, we bring God's law to bear uh, day by day in in the area of our business. We, we're constantly reforming all areas of life according to God's will, according to the purposes that God has laid down through His revelation. And and at the end of the day, we got to remember that it's it's God who will establish His kingdom. It's Jesus that will build His church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And 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 I like to see ourselves as uh, like the little two year old that's helping Dad change the tires. Dad says here, we take off the hubcaps here, and two year old takes off the hubcaps, and uh, Dad proceeds with the the, the work. Uh, we're, we're not quite as indispensable as we think we are. And at the end of the day, the, the major breakthroughs that happen in the establishment of, of God's kingdom happen through the sovereign, powerful working of the Holy Spirit of God. So let's keep that in mind. Sometimes we think a little too much of ourselves. And uh, in, in my some 52 years, I, I, I've learned that, you know, we do what we can and we apply ourselves with, with all of the zeal and all of the love for God and love for his kingdom that we have in ourselves. But at the end of the day, the, the fruit is going to be produced by God Almighty. You know, I could, I could sit and just think about that for a while. And, and, and um, you know, God won't do our job. We can't do his job. Um, and uh, each of us, as you say, working in our individual callings, God like the takes all those jigsaw pieces and puts them yep. together and forms a beautiful uh, mosaic right. out of it. But mm-hmm. we, and it's a challenge for us to see the big picture. You, as you, um, oftentimes it's real easy if you're, uh, um, if you pay a lot of attention to uh, news, media, uh, depending even on what, me- sometimes whether it's alternative media or whether it's mainstream media, uh, in any event, you see a nation and in rebellion and presumably leadership that is mad and God, you know, I, I think of Job 12 where he, he, you know, he makes the, the leaders and the judges like to act to be as madmen and drunks. 
And I yeah. say, well, that's that's that describes us pretty well. Uh, yeah. And and sometimes you just have to take yourself out of the news stream for a while just to just to keep from being inundated. Generations is sort of your calling, I guess. Yeah. Aside that's from right. a pastor, this is this that's is right. not a hobby business you have. Are you have you have you gained enough notoriety yet that you can be put on anybody's uh, hit list like the uh, uh, Southern Poverty Law Center or or ADL uh, or <laughs> I'm I'm not keeping up with it, but uh, Huffington Post certainly did not like me in the year 2015. <laughs> That's for sure. Well, man's uh, known I, by his enemies. Yeah, I was probably number two on their enemy list uh, for the year 2015. But uh, but I think what's happening is the world is 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 passing away in the lust thereof. Uh, you're seeing that the modern empires are not going to survive. I mean, the whole humanist thing will prove itself to be just exactly what it is, and that is utterly bankrupt. Uh, you're looking at entire social systems and civilizations uh, falling apart. Our socioeconomic system is done. It's it's as dead on arrival. Put an RIP sign on it. It's it's over. Um, th- there would be opportunities to rebuild a civilization, but. A society where sixty uh, percent of kids born to millennials are born out of wedlock uh, simply is gonna, not going to survive. Of course, they're relying upon socialism to somehow save it, but the character of the next generation is so undermined and so dis- utterly destroyed that um, you're just not going to see our civilizations survive. And the, the modern empire, um, America itself, is coming down. Our our median income peaked out about eight years ago. And uh, our debt to deep GDP ratio is incredibly high. I think we're the fourth to fifth uh, worst nation in the world, just just below Greece and Japan. So, yeah, America is not going to survive. It can't survive unless there's something of an amazing reformation of of life, uh, faith, of character. Uh, if that happens, uh, then then perhaps there may be a turnaround. But do you think short, that California has well, the right idea for all the wrong reasons? What's that? You think that maybe California has the right idea for all the wrong reasons? In other words, I'm I'm a big proponent of of decentralized government, aka secession. I say, man, if states if states want to get off the Titanic, now would be a good time to to invest in lifeboats. Yeah, and you're certainly seeing some of that. You're seeing a move from centralization to decentralization, uh, and man has been doing that since roughly the Tower of Babel. Uh, this this last election was an in, excellent example of how that turnaround has happened. Is the year of populism, of nationalism, of anti multiculturalism, uh, the year of Brexit and Trump. Uh, so you know, obviously, uh, we're moving more towards uh, a nationalism, a decentralization of power in England and America, and that's that's an indication that the the empire is cracking. And we're probably moving more towards uh, a decentralization, which also probably means war. Um, it, you know, again, a nation could be preserved. A, a nation could be provided a great deal of peace and prosperity for a period of time, as America was for some 250 years. But why would God provide anything of peace and prosperity for our nation today when we have turned against him and uh, we have endorsed sodomy, we have brought in a form of marriage that is an affront to God's institution he instituted some 6,000 years ago, and now the most powerful nations, the, the most productive nations, the most God-blessed nations on earth have, have turned into the most rebellious nations 
and have promoted a form of sin that uh, brought God's wrath upon Sodom and Gomorrah and the Canaanite nations as well. So, you know, I think we're headed towards destruction. I can't think of any other option or any other alternative outside of a a reformation. I've I've preached repentance to the nation um, and uh, received a fair amount of persecution from uh, quite a few sources and almost and almost no support whatsoever for the idea of a national repentance. I just don't see it across this. I would say that I would say that uh, given the state of affairs, that Nobody ought to be preaching on the New Testament right now. Everybody ought to be preaching out of Jeremiah. Or or at the very least, Acts 17, where Paul says, in the days of the ignorance of the Old Testament, God winked. But now he's holding us to shorter accounts. Now he's calling all men everywhere to repent. At the end of the day, uh, the the Swanson family, that's your legacy. And, And you may be aware of this being as close as you are to Colorado Springs and the home of the Navigators. Men who are in the ministry who have been a part of a parachurch organization like the NAVS, for instance, have a very different cut to their jib. They walk a little different. They do things a little differently. They're, I'm ex-military and ex-navigator, and I've, I've shared probably so many times Born to Reproduce by Dawson Trotman. I said, you know, the people that you, how many people do you know today that are, that are whizzes at Reformed theology, and they've read all these, they've got an a, a impressive library, and they've never led anyone to Christ. Yeah. They've never got it, you know, they've never been, placed themselves in a position to where they were engaged in an ongoing manner with a person or a family to reproduce spiritually into that person, so that that person, 15 years from now, 20 years from now, could look back and say, I'm walking with Jesus Christ today. I'm obeying God's law. I'm making disciples today. I'm seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness because back then this individual invested time in me. One of my most uh, uh, fruitful interviews I ever did was with a, I believe it was a navigator, discipler from uh, Stanford University who had done nothing but discipling athletes for the last 40 years of his life, had discipled about 200. I asked him, you know, how are they doing? He says, every single one of them productive in the kingdom of God, every single one of them walking with Christ uh, after some 30, 40 years of discipleship. And that's, that's probably one of the most uh, influential, productive men for the kingdom I think I've ever I've ever interviewed. He wrote a book on on mentorship and discipleship, as I recall. It's called One on One. Uh, but the one on one strategy is is by far the the most influential and powerful, and yields the most fruit over the long haul. Um, now, I think what we need to do when we look at the nation as a nation, we have to ask ourselves: Are are, are we are we after saving the Titanic? Or are we working the lifeboat manufacturing center on the um, on the uh, Titanic? Are we are we actually down in the engine room trying to apply a little more duct tape uh, in order to somehow uh, salvage something? Or are we working the uh, lifeboat manufacturing center on the decks? And so those two strategies, I think, are are both applied by well-meaning Christians and, and, and Christians that, that really want to make a difference. And so I, I think some of us are, are migrating more towards the, uh, 
of the lifeboat manufacturing centers in which we want to strengthen the things that remain, in which we want to continue to, to defend the household of God and do good especially to the household of God. Uh, we want to dig in and do discipleship in our small little communities. We pretty much abandoned salvaging the universities, but we've got little tiny discipleship centers where we're trying to do something with our discipleship centers. Um, we, we, we've abandoned Hollywood, so we're not trying to salvage Hollywood anymore, but we're doing independent films. Uh, we've, we've more or less uh, uh, abandoned the way that uh, Obamacare is going to run, but we're going to use the Christian Medical Sharing Ministries. We're going to apply our – we're abandoning the public schools more and more but uh, create homeschools and in some ways try to salvage a smaller group. So I, I think the, it's a strategy question that a lot of people are, are asking themselves. Do we, do we really try to raise our daughters to become the next Supreme Court justices of the United States to maybe enable the empire to survive another three years? Or do we raise our daughters to raise the next generation and disciple the next generation in their homes? as they homeschool them, as they walk by the way, as they rise up, as they lie down. So, see, there's different strategies going on here, and you find that people migrate to one or the other. And I think we have to, we have to allow a little latitude here, you know, as we think about this. Uh, we don't have to immediately say, well, anybody who's, who's taking this strategy is wrong or that strategy. I, I, I think, in, if, if at all, there needs to be uh, attention paid to both strategies, but uh, maybe a priority given to being faithful in small things. Well, there's a there's a, one of the most often asked questions I get as I travel, and and this has come up over and over again: is where is a good church? You know, where is there an, a, a congregation or a group of Christians who have this uh, worldview that says we're not going to compromise? We want to be faithful. We want to you know, and and we want to extend the kingdom. And if we can't. Uh, we can't fix the the big problem. We're going to separate from them, and we're going to position ourselves so that we can rebuild, uh, or we can, you know, it, there's a there's used to be in business, or used to be a, a saying it said, "Learn to fail faster." In other words, the quicker you learn what's not going to work, the quicker you can can redirect your energy and your attention to possibly what will work. So the quicker you fail, I mean that's. If I'm on the wrong road, I'd, I'd prefer to to learn about it within the first few minutes than, rather than drive, you know, 50 miles down that road like when my sure. – uh, so I can get about fixing things. And um, and it, it seems – we talk about the law of liberty. You know, the law of God is referred to as the law of liberty. And so when you think about, okay, what, what do I need to do? Well, we, in liberty being God's will for his people – well, that means food liberty. It means medical med- liberty. It means educational liberty. That means, you know, in other words, the, the ability to to survive and to live according to the dictates of God's word in your in your conscience, and um, and so uh, that does seem to to call uh, uh, and, and suggest that the next generation of of Christians are going to be much more like former generations of Americans being much more self-reliant, independent, not beholden to uh, Uncle Scam for anything, and, uh, and, 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 but, but not disengaging, not, not being pietistic. Right. Uh, 
Although well, I think we've been really intrigued by the concept of Christianity as a social order. Mm-hmm. You know that that whole that that whole line of reasoning where that takes you. It's it kind of looks like survivalist or preppers or something. But one of the challenges is I think as as these Christian nations take a hard left and more and more abandon a Christian world and life view, the the Christian church is going to look a lot different. Uh, the Christian church is going to stand out. The Christian family, the Christian form of education, the Christian form of culture, the Christian form of church and community, far different, far, far different than whatever the world is doing. And and that's, I know that that makes Christians feel uncomfortable because they, they, they're going to look weird and they don't want to look weird, but I think they're going to have to look weird. And so... So, but the one thing is for sure is that the world is destroying itself. The, the world system, the world's way of doing health, the world's way of doing charity, the world's way of doing education, it's all self-destructive. And so as Christians, we just got to create our own systems. And yes, they will look like islands of culture, islands of freedom or islands of liberty we take advantage of. They'll look different and will look different, yes, granted, but we need to call Christians to repentance. We need to call Christians to come out from among them, be separate, saith the Lord, and uh, they need to start with rebuilding the godly family, rebuilding the godly church community. They need to bring charity away from Uncle Scam and bring it back into the local family and the local church. Uh, that's why we have single moms living with us. That's why uh, we want to reach out to the elderly. We've created a Christian family elder care program in which uh, we're preparing right now. I know it's a very small program, but we're preparing for the uh, bankruptcy of the Social Security system and to equip families to do once again what God has commanded families to do in First Timothy chapter 5 and elsewhere. So we have a Christian family elder care program. We have a Christian family-based education approach that we're pushing. We have a Christian a family-based charity uh, and church-based charity. We have a, a Christian approach to health care that we're, we're pushing hard with our radio program. And this is, this is what Christians do. One thing at a time, we're rebuilding it. Now, it turns out we can't rebuild Washington right now. We can't rebuild the whole system. It's, it's collapsing. But we can create islands of culture and islands of education using God's Word as our blueprint. And that's what we're going to do. Are you having any impact there affecting or influencing uh, magistrates in your on your county or community level. You know your your best shot right now for magistrates is to try to keep Christians out of jail as best as you possibly can. Uh, <laughs> in Colorado, we're not going to make much progress on issues like abortion, homosexuality, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it's it's definitely more of a blue state, more of a liberal state. Uh, but what we can do is try to keep Christians out of prison and uh, elect a couple of godly house reps, a couple of go- godly senators who are willing to put their lives on the line for uh, for, for the cause of Christ and his What righteousness. do you think about uh, Christians divesting themselves in the local in their in their local businesses or or homes and and talk about strategic relocation? I I've I've heard that but I think we got to be cautious that we don't just jump the gun on something like that. Our our responsibility is to disciple nations right here. Uh, granted, it's hard to disciple America when America's in full-fledged rebellion against God, but, uh, but if, we, if, if there's some little group of people that we've been able to disciple somewhere in Elbert County, Colorado, uh, where I live, or there's some group of people, say, in home education, 
uh, people group called Homeschoolers that I think I can still educate uh, by reaching out to some 10,000 families through my ministry. I'm going to continue to do it, and I'm going to do it as long as I possibly can. If it comes to the point that uh, our freedom of speech, our freedom of assembly is, is severely abridged, uh, yeah, we may have to move off to Chile or to some other nation in South America or Africa, and that may happen sometime in the future. So, so the, the, the thing I want to I really caution people about is this idea of escaping the Great Commission. Let's not do that. No, no, no. We're, we're going to disciple the nation here, and if they reject us to the point we've got to dust off our feet and pronounce the curse of God upon this nation, we'll have to do that. But, uh, but then we're going to go off to another nation that's much more open to hear the gospel and willing to be discipled in all the commandments that Jesus has given us. So, so let's not do anything out of the fear of man. Absolutely not. Uh, we're going to do everything in the fear of God. We're going to disciple nations here as long as we possibly can. And if the point comes at which uh, they've rejected us and they just want to persecute us and put us in, in uh, solitary confinement where we can't disciple anybody— then, uh, yeah, we'll just go off to some other nation and, and fulfill the Great Commission there. Do not focus on Washington. Uh, that's, your liberties will not be salvaged there. It will be salvaged by a House rep or a, a state senator who will manage to turn into a governor by the year 2025 and by interposition will somehow salvage liberty. Read about the entire history of liberty in my new book, Freedom, uh, available at our website, generations.org. So I, I encourage people to read the history of Western liberties I wrote it on the 800th anniversary of the Magna Carta last year. Not, almost nobody celebrated it, but we did. Uh, we like liberty as part of uh, our, our ministry, so we celebrated liberty last year in the 800th year anniversary of the Magna Carta and did so by uh, writing a book called Freedom. It's available on our website, generations.org. Okay, and your program is airs... Uh you want to get, tell us about your Generations Radio program? Yeah, Gen- Generations program is a daily program that airs at the same same uh, website, generations.org. Um, so we've been doing that for 14 years. It's a, a daily radio program that deals with politics and culture and and the church and all sorts of aspects of life. And your back episodes are on Sermon Audio? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you can get most of them on Sermon Audio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. Yep, you, you get Okay, and you're pastor of uh, what's what's your congregation? Pastor of Reformation OPC uh, out in uh, Elizabeth, Colorado, just a little bit southwest or southeast of the Denver metro. All right. Well, Kevin, we're going to try to salvage something out of this uh, this uh, right. att- attempt here, and, and some and we pray that God would uh, that there would be some nugget in here that would be beneficial to one of His people. Thank and that he'd continue to use both of us. Uh, thank you for your Amen. faithfulness. I mean, I know that it's not the it's not the uh, it's the orthodoxy of the of the few more often than the orthodoxy of the masses that gets it done. And and you're just been a you've been a faithful warrior. You've stayed. You've been on the same course and speed for a long time. And that's what it takes to cross oceans. Amen. Amen. Must I be carried to the skies on flowery beds of ease while others fought to win the prize and sailed through bloody seas. All right. Thank you, Kevin Swanson from The War Room. Thank you for joining us in The War Room. Please enjoy The Nation's Rage, Psalm 2, by my soul among lions. Why do the nations rage? Right. 
Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows, or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce, including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit ReconstructionistRadio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His kingdom.